We brought you damn good beer, and now we're bringing you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company open offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu franks with no fillers, Two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. And not only do we love their beef, but the whole country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls out and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that high-pride product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com and use the code DNVR for 10% off. the dnvr broncos podcast presented by msu denver online rigorous and affordable program stop by professors who bring the real world into the classroom you can even take classes with your cat on your lap like zach right now so go to <laughs> msudenver.edu slash online use the code dnvr sports to have all of your application fees waived and get that rigorous and affordable education right from the comfort of your own couch my boys, what's shaking on this wonderful Wednesday? I cannot believe all the quarterback news that's happening in the NFL this offseason. It's pretty interesting, and I think it goes back to a conversation we had last offseason, I want to say, about the age of player empowerment. Uh, and it really started in the NBA, where the players started to realize they kind of control everything. Uh, and it's a little different in the NBA just because the rosters are so small. But you're starting to see quarterbacks realize just how valuable they are. And, you know, you could definitely make the argument that quarterbacks are even more valuable than, than the biggest NBA stars. And they're starting to, for, for lack of a better term, take the power back because – you know, in a Deshaun Watson case, or, you know, there's been rumors about Aaron Rodgers, like they have all the power. And while contracts bring a little bit of leverage to these other teams, um, you know, the, the players have the ultimate final card, which is, well, I just won't play. And, And when you're a quarterback, your team just simply can't afford to let that happen. So now we're seeing it happen with Russell Wilson. And I think everyone kind of agrees that, he's using his leverage to try and light a fire under the Seahawks to improve the situation there. But in a world where you are, you know, uh, where we're thinking that maybe Russell Wilson says, I'm sick and tired of getting smashed behind this terrible O-line that you guys don't invest in. 
the question is, how much would this shake up the quarterback market? It would it would shake it up entirely. I mean, th- this would be absolutely crazy. And who would end up being more valuable? The the question is Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And not only would this impact the quarterback market this year, but this would impact the quarterback market for years to come with multiple quarterbacks just deciding they won out and then they're out if somehow Russell Wilson was moved this offseason, which I don't expect. But just the fact that he's coming out and saying these things extremely publicly. I mean, I thought when he was on the Dan Patrick show yesterday, guys, he was going to downplay some things when Dan asked questions and say, ah, well, I don't really know, you know, if I should be more involved. No, straight up. Yeah, I should be more involved in the decision making process. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the NBA can, in the age of empowerment. I mean, I think we're kind of at stage one here with Russell Wilson, where he wants to see if they're going to do the things necessary. I would say he's kind of where like Giannis uh, in Milwaukee was uh, several months ago when they were talking about a long-term deal, but finding out, okay, are they going to do the things that I think they should do to keep me around to show that they're all in? Of course, the Bucks' move was to trade for Drew Holiday, and next thing you know, Giannis is signing a long-term extension, and they and they have their core, and uh, they're they're still in in the title mix. And I think that's that's sort of where Russell Wilson sounded like to me. He was right right now that he's he's not out the door. Like Deshaun Watson believes he's out the door. Bye. Russell, I think, wants to give the Seahawks a chance to kind of figure this out but he's going to drop some hints. And I mean, I, that's why I kind of look at this and I think we're maybe at an earlier stage in the dance, even though it's just in light of Deshaun Watson, it looks interesting. Can I talk about this? I think we're at an earlier stage where he wants it. He's putting down and saying, okay, I'd like to be at least involved with this. I'd like you to ask me, Hey, what do you think we need to get this thing over the top? And the other interesting thing there with Seattle guys is, in recent years, they've given Russell better targets. They gave him DK Metcalf in particular in the draft. So they've they've taken one step. I mean, they used to be the Seahawks didn't do much with the receiver, didn't do much with the offensive line. At least doing a little more with receiver now. What he wants to do is do something with the offensive line. I feel like he's kind of trying to he's trying to nudge them in a direction here and see if they figure it out. And if they figure it out, I think he'll stay. Well, here's the problem though. Uh, like Orlando Brown just became available, right? and uh, he wants to play left tackle. A really easy snap-your-fingers-make-Russell-happy move would be to trade for Orlando Brown. Problem is, they already traded away all their draft capital to get Jamal Adams. So now what? Because, you know, Mace, we were talking before the show. You said uh, you think it'll take a one and a two to get Mm -hmm. Orlando Brown. Well, they don't have that. So what what does Russ want them to do? Um, Because, you know, maybe... (laughs) They could trade uh, DK Metcalf for Orlando Brown or something, you know, as a piece around him. But Russ wouldn't like that either. So their their hands are kind of tied. And again, I I don't think anyone here thinks Russell Wilson is actually leaving Seattle. But right. they don't have the resources to necessarily improve the roster right now. 
And they certainly don't have the resources on defense outside of Jamal Adams or maybe Bobby Wagner. Their their defense was horrendous last year. I mean, it, it was on pace to be the, the worst passing defense ever. I don't know if it actually finished as that, but I know throughout most of the season it was on pace for that. I remember seeing a stat that it was on pace to allow more passing yards than Peyton Manning had in 2013. It was on pace to allow more than 5,500 passing yards just to show you how bad that defense was. So you're you're exactly right, Brian. What, what do they do? How do they help Russ? Is this something where, you know, maybe they come back to Russ and say, well, Russ, we can maybe sign some free agents, but you know, one guy on our team's making a lot of money right now. <laughs> if only he could take a pay cut, then we could sign some guys to protect him. But what good offensive linemen are going to hit free agency? Not the, the the Connor McGovern's of the world and yeah. no, no disrespect, but that, you know, in, in average center, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I have a hard time imagining now how they're going to appease him. Now, again, maybe he's just trying to light the fire under them to get them thinking, okay, when opportunities arise, we need to try. And maybe they can try to execute something for um, Orlando Brown. I mean, if you have to trade away defensive players to make Russell Wilson happy or lose Russell Wilson, well, your, your options are easy there. Um, what I will say, though, is if Russell Wilson wants to play for a team that has invested in the offensive line, might I interest him in a team that just signed their all-pro second-team left tackle to a long-term deal, invested a second-round pick in their left guard, invested a third-round pick in their uh, center, uh, have one of the highest-paid right guards in the NFL, and one of the highest-paid right tackles in the NFL? You mean the team that should have had him all along for the last (laughs) Ouch. I mean that, <laughs> well, guys, well, he'll probably want weapons too. You know, they got DK Metcalf. Well, oh, well, he's coming to the Broncos, who have invested a first-round pick in a tight end. They have invested a first-round pick in a wide receiver. They have a Pro Bowl second-round receiver, and they also have another second-round receiver to go along with two Pro Bowl running backs. I mean. Guys, when we talk about how is this, if you're just looking at weapons and you're just looking at the offensive side of the ball, how is this not such an appealing place for a quarterback? Or a better question, how is this not a better offense? (laughs) Right. It's a great question. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, everybody got to keep your wide receiver one healthy first, but yeah, uh, for sure. And you didn't have the right tackle we just referenced. Right. And and you had a, a, a tight end playing on one ankle. But yes. That's a valid question, and, and I, frankly, that question is why the Broncos have sniffed around Matthew Stafford already this offseason. Yep, and, and it's why if it's Russ or if it's Deshaun or if it's anyone, the Broncos have to be feeling like they're one piece on offense away, not from like not being terrible anymore, but from being a top-tier offense in the NFL. Uh, and, and it's why, you know, despite the fact that I believe in Drew Locke, and I think there's still people in around that place that believe in Drew Locke. It's why the Broncos are looking to upgrade the position. Because it is clear, at least to anyone who believes in the players that they have on that side of the ball, that that's basically the one place left you have to really improve. Now, you know, right tackle is kind of a mystery. Um, but as we've talked about time and time again this offseason, it's just not an option for the Broncos to do anything there. They're stuck with Juwan James. Uh, and while they could draft someone, they're still stuck with Juwan James, you know, and they'd be paying $13 million or whatever it is for a backup if they didn't want to start him. So 
the the Broncos, when they look at their offense and say, okay, what can we do here? They just have to be doing what we're doing and keep coming back to the quarterback position. Yeah, and Ryan, you talk about how important that that they're one piece away potentially from being a top-tier offense. Well, this isn't a shocker, but guys, just look at the playoff picture last year. When you have a top-tier offense, when you have a top-tier quarterback, and, and I'm not saying you have to have the third-best quarterback in the league to make the playoffs. If There's 14 playoff teams. So if you take the top 14 quarterbacks, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a playoff spot. I mean, I'm looking through these teams, uh, the the team in the NFC that jumps out to me that didn't necessarily have top top tier quarterback play uh, is the Washington football team. OK, that's one and nine. <laughs> it, exactly. I mean, it, exactly. They, they kind of snuck in. And then there's two more teams from from the NFC where you could argue didn't have top tier fo- quarterback play. Uh, and that's the Rams and the Bears in the AFC. You can't, there's no team that that didn't have, you know, top tier and again, top half of the league quarterback play. And that's all you need. You need one of the top 14 quarterbacks in the league or one of the top seven in the AFC in order to get there. And boy, you, you put a quarterback in this situation, that's just going to make that quarterback go from, you know, the seventh best quarterback in the, in the AFC, if that's who you get to the fifth best quarterback or the fourth best quarterback. And then guys, by the way, you shouldn't have a trash defense either. You should have a pretty solid defense with Vic Fangio and the amount of money that they've invested on the defense. Exactly. And that's why, again, the Broncos were in on Matthew Stafford. I'm sure they're one of the teams who have called the Texans about Deshaun Watson and been hung up on. <clears throat> and will continue to keep calling them uh, until the, the Texans eventually bite the bullet and trade him like I think they're going to have to. I just had a thought. And oh. while your thought was happening, I already squashed my own thought, but I just want to let you in on what I did think. <laughs> I can thought, you unsquash a thought? No, it's like can unsquash a bug. <laughs> yeah, it's dead. It's yeah. dead. It's little, like little legs are just squirming. Oh God! Well, <laughs> let's let's get the thought out before the legs stop squirming. Uh, um, I thought, oh, what if if there's one team that the Texans would be down to trade Deshaun Watson to? It would be to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson. But then I realized Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause and Russell Wilson, more importantly, has a no-trade clause. There's no way he's going from Seattle to Houston. That'd be a fantastic trade, though, for for the Texans, right? I mean, even if it's just a straight one-for-one swap, they'd feel thrilled about that. But there's no chance that Russ would – I can't imagine that Russ would say, yeah, I want to go there, a very functioning organization that will let me have say in a lot of things. That's – pretty much the opposite of what's going on in Houston. It's even this morning with, with their president, uh, uh, president of football, uh, stepping away. President of the whole organization, right, the, right. Overseas football, business, all of that. Jamie Roots had actually been with the Texans for 20 years. So, so what would happen, what would happen yeah. to the Broncos if this happened? So let's just have that example. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Joe Ellis stepping down today. Obviously, yes. there's there's a, a, a an owner in place in this place, but it would be, so it would be worse for the Broncos. But so then, what happens? Uh, John Elway is in charge of everything at that point. Probably, if that if that happened with the Broncos, probably you'd have you'd have Mac Freeman and John Elway kind of both kind of on on the same level. Elway football operations, Mac Freeman business operations, but. So who would just, be above that? That that's right. the, that that's that's the question. Who would be the figurehead? And, may, and maybe if that hat, not that we're saying it's going to happen, but if that happened, 
and maybe Joel sticks around in kind of a figurehead John Elway type role to break ties. Well, yeah. what's interesting there is it's a new GM in Houston. It's a new head yeah. coach in Houston. Uh, and so what you have is you have this Jack Easterby guy who's taking that role that you're talking about, the Mac Freeman. He's the one that's stepping Whoa. in and kind of looking over everything. And uh, according to everything we've heard, uh, Easterby isn't necessarily leading them in the right direction. So I was going to say, yeah. so imagine that scenario I just played out. But instead of John Elway being the most beloved uh, figure in team history, it's the most hated figure in team history who is now running the whole show. Have you guys have you guys heard Jack Easterby speak? There's some of his speeches floating around YouTube. I mean, no, is it good that I haven't oh, heard of him? <laughs> it's it's like slimy salesman energy. Yeah, it's I, that I, seems like I, what they're doing out there. I wouldn't trust him any further than I could throw him, as Ed Rooney said in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, boy. I mean, we talked about this before the show. Guys, this is Josh McDaniels in Denver just having more power, just a guy that has way more power than even Josh did. And we know the damage that Josh did to the Broncos pretty quickly. And having zero qualifications. At least Josh McDaniels was a football guy. At least he called plays. I don't, I mean, what does Easter have to run an organization? What on his resume says, this is the person I want in charge. I mean, he's, he's obviously got Cal McNair under some kind of, under some kind of hypnotic spell right now. There's, I mean, there, there is no rational explanation for why an NFL organization that even though they don't have any championships, it was a pretty smooth functioning organization for a long time while the late Bob McNair was in charge. It was considered internally in the NFL actually one of the better organizations. You know, they gave you the resources. The owner had money. You know, it was a well-supported by its fan base. It's, it is just mind-boggling how things have devolved since Bob McNair died and now since Jack Easterby has, has been in that building. A, a, an outstanding organization has become a, a laughingstock in basically about 18 months. Okay, so let's circle back to the topic at hand here. If Russell Wilson were to be traded, we've already talked about Deshaun Watson, and to me this is the low end of the spectrum, but it's what's come out of Houston, uh, which is two firsts, two seconds, and two defensive starters. What does the package look like for Russell Wilson? Is it the exact same? Because they are, they are pretty much the exact same player except two things. Deshaun Watson is younger, so he has that going for him. But Russell Wilson is clutch and, and has the wins and has the playoff experience and, and playoff Bowl. success and the Super Bowl on his side. So do those things kind of balance themselves out? Because when, when you look at the numbers, guys, and obviously the play speaks for itself for both of them, these guys are both 4,000-yard passers, 30 touchdowns, 9 or 10 interceptions, over 100 passer rating, over 65% completion. I, they're pretty much the exact same in terms of stats. Yeah, yeah, I mean the the age is uh is basically the thing. Wilson's thirty two now, and the other thing with Wilson is, and part of his complaint, he's taking too many hits. I mean, he's uh, been sacked what three hundred and ninety four times in his career to date, Oof. and that's that's the one thing that concerns you. Even though as a scrambler, kind of like Deshaun Watson, when Russ does take off, he's not a run to contact guy. He's not a Cam Newton. He is a get to the sideline and get out, and so. If you can if you can stop the the sack 
the sacks from accumulating on him. Russell Wilson could be playing for you for another eight to 10 years. He could be playing into his 40s. But it's incumbent upon stopping that right now. Otherwise, you're gonna you may get a guy who in four or five years just has an actual wear and tear and uh, and wears down. And so yeah, and so Wilson's more accomplished, like you said, Zach. But uh, Watson's younger. That said, if you put the line in front of Russell Wilson, I think he ends up playing another ten years. So it, you'd pay a big price. There, I just don't think. I don't think the price can be the same just because seven years is a lot. You know, uh, Deshaun Watson being seven years younger than Russ and, like you said, already being generally the same type of player without the top-tier success. But the top-tier success, as we know, isn't his fault. And if you go look at when Russell Wilson won a championship, it was on the heels of a historically great defense. Um, so I think it would it, the compensation would have to be a little bit lower. But like I said, you know, the two first two seconds and two starters on defense is already comically low to me. So maybe that's what it is. It's somewhere in that ballpark. And, and the real deal for Deshaun Watson is really like three firsts, three seconds, and a starter. So would you do that for Russell Wilson? Two oh. firsts, including nine this year. Two seconds, including 40 this year. And Chubb and Draymond Jones. Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you're writing it wrong. You're you're finally uh, overcoming the mistake that you made when you decided that height was the deal breaker. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> someone tweeted at me. They don't want Russell Wilson because he sucks at life. And I just want to know, like, if he oh, sucks what? at life, what does that mean about me? <laughs> what? what does that mean about everybody else? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about Russ? Russ, yes. The yeah. guy that just won uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year? Yeah. I think we're all hosed. Did you guys see that feature during NFL honors on him when he was Man of the Year at the end of the show? I mean, it, it was one step away from making him an actual saint living on earth <laughs> i will say wild he he really skews hard on the corny index um which can hurt you as as a uh as a quarterback in my eyes and yet he's so good at actual quarterback that i don't even care yeah it's it's kirk cousins except yes. he is good and you can just kind of push yeah. that to the side exactly <laughs> he's not doing pizza ranch commercials no, no, like but, Cousins did. but he did do that stupid video and he signed that contract in Seattle oh. that haunts me to this day. Oh, laying in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> so bad. It hurts me so much. And then the oh. unlimited thing. Unlimited. Oh. <laughs> well, now that he's got some kids, I mean, this, this, he's going to be a master dad joke maker at home. Oh yeah, just call him like, RK. Yeah, it's gonna. It, 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 there's gonna be a lot of dads as his kids get older in the Wilson household because he can't. He can't hold back. That's the thing is that's who he is though. He's yep. he's got that. He's a little bit of corniness, but I I'd say it's he's an earnest personality. Not Ernest P. Worrell from back in the eighties or you know Ernest movies, but like E A R N E S T. I mean that's that's just who he is. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I would set aside my hate for his corniness in a heartbeat uh, if oh, the Broncos instantly. could get could get Russell Wilson. All right, I want to finish. Love it. 
this conversation on this note. In this fantasy world that we are living in, both Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson become available, and both set Denver as their top destination. Who are you trading for? Oh my! And, and, am I George Payton or am I Zach Stevens? Um, you're Zach Stevens. Oh, Zach Stevens. Well, that. Oh, Gosh, this makes it tough. I'm going to give the nod to Russell Wilson because I know he can do it. I know he has that clutch. Not only the playoff success, guys, but also he has the incredible record going against top-tier quarterbacks, and that's just something that I can't overlook. And it's so hard to pass up on those seven years, especially for a guy who I think Deshaun Watson's like the sixth best quarterback in the league, which is fantastic. But I think Russ is, you know, third, the third. So I'm taking that giving up seven years. And also why I asked if I was George Payton, I would give you the same answer if I'm George Payton, except I'm, I'm even a little better. And it's an easier answer for me because George Payton, he's not building this team for 10 to 15 years from now. And that's when you wouldn't have Russell Wilson, but you would have Deshaun Watson. He's building this team for next year and really two to three years from now and six years, which is his contract. I have to go Wilson as well. And oh my goodness. <laughs> this, but this is the reason why, with kind of the tie breaking factor for me here, is that we've seen what happens with Deshaun Watson when he's surrounded by not very much and he, he plays well. But sadly for Deshaun Watson, it, things were so bad in Houston, he couldn't elevate the team. In Seattle, ever since the Legion of Boom started breaking up, we've kind of seen that roster kind of get chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And yet Seattle's never had a losing season on his watch. I think that Russ is simply a guy who elevates everyone around him a little bit more than Deshaun. And that's why I'm taking Russell Wilson. So Ryan, tell us tell us why we're wrong. Cause because I gotta say, I thought I was going to be the only one All taking right. Russell Wilson. And so I'm well, surprised if any if anyone's uh who whoever's watching right now, comment and let us know so we can see if if Ryan's on uh on the loan table by himself. Wait, Zach, I, mean, I thought I thought and I thought I was gonna be the one who took Russell Wilson. I thought <laughs> I was gonna be the only one who did it. I mean, I'm I'm the one sitting here with the Russell Wilson Asheville tourist bobblehead. On yeah, the show, I don't have that. I can, I can tell you that. You know, and I, and I've kind of been, and I admit, I've been on the Russ train since, uh, since that magnificent season at Wisconsin back in 2011. So, it was an easy call for me. But uh, there's a lot of institutional belief in Russell Wilson that I possess. I, I start this by saying this is the most fun debate we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> both sides of it bring me a lot of joy. Um, and and I hope the Broncos are left with such a conundrum. Um, it's got to be Deshaun Watson for me. Um, and it starts with his youth. Uh, you know, being 25 years old. I mean, you're basically like winning the lottery by getting a 25-year-old quarterback who's already top five in the league with his entire prime ahead of him. Uh, and because of that, you know, you think we get skewed by looking at Tom Brady, who's winning Super Bowls at 43 years old. But a lot of quarterbacks, you know, play till they're 36, 37, 38. So you're talking five years with Russell Wilson on the low end, 10 years on the high end, uh, maybe. And 
to me, that's that's the beginning of the conversation. Then you look at, you know, who are they as quarterbacks? Obviously, you know that Russ has won a Super Bowl. But again, you look back and you say, and you say how how good did did Russell Wilson have to be to win that Super Bowl? You know, we talk about how you can win a Super Bowl with an average quarterback if you have a historically great defense. Well, they had a historically great defense. So I have to knock him a little bit there. But really what it comes down to, and I've been saying this since right before the Kyler Murray draft, is every move you have to make every move you make has to be done with the with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in mind. And if you get a 25-year-old quarterback who's top five right now, like you've just entered the space race. Like it's it's basically a competition between you and the Chiefs as to who can build their roster the best over the next 15 years. And obviously the Chiefs have a big head start, but at least now you're in the race. And, uh, and having Russell Wilson can give you a short spurt uh, of time where you can compete in there. But to me, I want to be – I want them to be scared again. I want there to be fear in Kansas City again. And while there might be for a short period of time, if you get to Sean Watson, you're worrying – that they're starting to worry that, that you could derail their whole future plans. The great thing about this is there's there's no wrong answer. And guys, no. last week we talked about the nightmare scenario that could happen if Deshaun Watson goes to the Raiders. What if it's what if it's Russell Wilson to the Raiders and Deshaun Watson to the Broncos? <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, we we also talked about how uh, the, there's never been four great quarterbacks in the division, but could you imagine that? that I guess that would mean that Justin Herbert would have to turn out to be a bust, right? Yeah, would, yeah. Literally the literally the greatest division of quarterbacks in the history of football and maybe the greatest the greatest division of great players in any sport that we will have ever seen. Honestly, at that point, the four owners in the AFC West, or three three owners <laughs> and Joe Ellis, uh, should just split off, and make their own league, <laughs> and then or, you get prime time every week. Exactly. Or you say now's a good chance to maybe rethink the scheduling here, and instead of play- these teams playing each other twice, now with seventeen games, maybe we're gonna say. We're gonna play every team in our conf- in our conference once, uh, plus two interconference games, and that's the schedule. There it is. That <laughs> be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is you can't go wrong with either answer here. Um, and the one last thing I want to add about Deshaun Watson is he could still be getting better, and should still be getting better, probably. And he's already the statistically the best quarterback in the NFL last year. So. Because of that, you know, the ceiling is, it's endless. There, there's no, you know, you, we don't even know how much better he could get, especially when you surround him with those weapons, you give him a good offensive line, you put him into a competent organization. Um, that's why I have to go that way. But I'm the guy who has a rule, never bet against Russell Wilson. So, uh, you know, I, I'm fully on board with that as well. Well, and another thing about both of these guys, both great leaders and also both great people. Russell Wilson just won the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and we know that Deshaun Watson is a fantastic person as well. Yeah, yeah he'll exactly. win the man. He'll be the man of the year in the next three or four years because, you know, they love having elite players win that. And so he, he He's kind of, he, I wouldn't say he's next in line, but he's not long down the list before he's wearing that patch on his jersey. So, yeah, I mean, this, if, if you're choosing between these two, uh, what's the, what's a food analogy? I mean, is this like, 
is this like choosing between lobster and filet mignon or something like that? I mean, you, you, yeah. you literally cannot go wrong with either. For me, it's like choosing between bubblegum ice cream or cotton candy oh ice cream. God, You're yes. winning so either weird. way, baby. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? That's my, that's my filet and lobster right there. Good God. Uh, I want to look really quick before I say it, but I'm pretty sure to this point. Okay, they don't even wait. There we go. Uh, you can't get in on the odds for Russell Wilson's next team. Let's see. Nope. Oh, nope. Not yet. <laughs> So, but you can look at the odds for Russell Wilson's next or for Deshaun Watson's next team at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and right now, Broncos moving down the pack a little bit. They've fallen behind. Uh, now they are behind the Washington football team, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Texans are back to the favorites. They had moved all the way to minus or to plus 700 at one point. Now they're back up to plus 250. Uh, so a lot of movement there because they started at minus 110, dropped all the way to plus 700, now back to plus 250. Um, unfortunately the Broncos are slipping, but as you can see, things can change with just one report. So people are really buying the Texans digging their heels in. I mean, I I think that that's something they kind of have to do, especially right now. There's no rush for them to trade him in February 10th right now, but I, I don't buy it. Like I, I buy that they don't want to trade him, but I also buy that there's nothing they're going to do to change Watson's mind. Do you? Do either of you know off the top of your head who their backup quarterback is? In Houston, nope. <laughs> yeah, a- AJ McCarron. Okay. Well, that's not the worst one in the world to say. Like we'll hold Pat, we'll stand Pat, and just let AJ McCarron start if we have to. Um, but he could be a four week bridge. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not a good situation either way. Uh, And speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, before we get out of here today, let's do our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. I will lead off, my friends, and I'm going to a man that I trust with my entire life. Uh, It's Nikola Jokic. He's on a tear right now. He's scoring the ball at will, uh, and they're taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. So I'm taking Jokic over 25 and a half. Uh, to keep my streak going, I think I'm on. A, I think I'm continuing my streak um, uh, on the picks of the week. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, Jokic is absolutely on fire. Uh, while the Nuggets aren't, he still is. Guys, I'm going to football. Sticking with football, this is one that I just I, I absolutely love on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. I'm going obviously future bet in the NFL conference winner, the NFC. Mace, your Bucks are going to be back in the Super Bowl for a second straight year at plus 450. I love that right now. You know, throw $10 on it, throw half a unit on it, whatever it is. The Bucks are going to be back there. And guys, when you look at this, there's really only, in my eyes right now, one competition against the Bucks right now, and that's the Green Bay Packers. They're also plus 450. But so if you want, you can take both of those teams. Of course, I'm never going to take the Packers to make the Super Bowl, so I'm I'm not doing that. But if you look in the NFC, I mean, guys, the team with the fourth best odds is the San Francisco 49ers. They they may if they get Deshaun, okay, yeah, a lot changes there. Obviously, the LA Rams have the third best odds. I mean, come on, this is so easy to me. Take Tom Brady. Yeah, there's interesting odds here. Seattle right now has worse odds. Then the 49ers to win the NFC. Seattle is 11 to 1 right now. San yeah. Francisco is 13 to 2. So 
it's it's fat it, it's kind of fascinating how that is uh that's breaking down. There are some interesting odds there, especially when we talk about teams that uh, could be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Like you got Washington sitting down there at twenty-five to one, but uh, if they got Deshaun Watson, certainly they would they would perk up. So, but that's yeah. not my pick. If you're gonna bet on Deshaun Watson's next team, you might as well just bet on that team to you know win their division or something right. like that. Unless you could, the Broncos might be the only team who could get him and not become division favorites. <laughs> right, right. Any anyone in the AFC West. Yeah. yeah. Um while we're so- talking about DraftKings Sportsbook and I'll let you guys uh, I'll let you give your pick here in a second Mace. Uh but I have to tell you guys. They did a promotion. It's called Hammer the Over. And the way it worked was every 1000 people that bet on the over to hit in Nuggets Lakers on Valentine's Day set the the uh the total down 1 point. It started at 200 We've reached zero. Uh, so if a point is scored in the game, you win your bet. It's free money. You you can bet up to twenty five bucks. So uh, anyone and everyone should want twenty five free dollars. Um, I guarantee that's my pick of the week. One point to be scored <laughs> in Lakers Nuggets on Valentine's Day plus one hundred. I'm not betting against that. And the good thing is I don't have to bet against it. I can bet with it. And the awesome thing, Ryan, is if if this gains interest, they're going to keep doing it. I would say it gained a lot of interest. Yeah, shout out to the people who bet on it when it, when it was all the way up at 200. They were the real believers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Mace, what do you got for us? All right. Well, Deshaun Watson and his, desti- his destination, that isn't the only thing you can bet on in regards to that. You can bet on Sam Darnold, the first team for which he plays one snap this season. And I'm going to take the Colts at four to one here. Wow. On being the place that Sam Darnold ends up. One thing, there certainly appears to be a a lot of smoke regarding the Jets going quarterback. We're seeing mock draft after mock draft that has the Jets taking Zach Wilson, number two overall. We're seeing trade rumors regarding Sam Darnold. It seems like they've made their decision regarding Donald Darnold here uh, coming in after Robert Sala took the job. And I expect the Bears are going to win the Carson Wentz sweepstakes, and that would lead the Colts to go for the next guy on the list. Darnold would make a lot of sense working with Frank Reich. Certainly, I'm sure Reich believe, would believe that he can get more out of him. Maybe the, the Colts had a hedge at some point, but uh, – Sam Darnold in Indianapolis going to a good organization that's got an awful lot of talent on that roster top to bottom. That makes a lot of sense for him to to, to rebuild his career. Four to one yeah. odds, I'll take that. Yeah, if Carson Wentz falls to the Bears, then then I really like those odds, Mace. But you probably got to get in on those odds before Carson Wentz goes to the Bears. Well, that's the thing true. is, among teams other than the Jets, they're the favorite. The Jets are six to four right now. The Colts four to one. Panthers. Five to one, Texans five to one. The Broncos, gentlemen, are ten to one odds to land Sam Darnold. Good, keep those odds low. Yeah, but they I, are I the fifth team. Yeah, but I just can't see George Payton paying uh, the equivalent of a, of a late first round pick to bring in Sam Darnold. I can't see that happening. No, especially because he wouldn't even be guaranteed the job. Yeah, uh, it, it's a lot to pay for a potential. Yeah, you you don't give a first round pick for a competition quarterback. Right. No, no. You, um, I actually, man, Carson to the Bears is at minus one fifty right now. That seems 
very high. The Eagles at plus seven hundred. Wow. So what what yeah. are the Eagles doing? Are are they I know that the trade over the weekend was potentially that they were going to get Nick Foles and then you could have a quarterback competition with Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts, but let's say it's it, are they do they have a ton of faith in Jalen Hurts? Are they going quarterback round one? I mean, I can't imagine they do that. I can imagine that. Uh mm. and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Uh again, you know, if they think like we think then they would say, when are we ever going to be this high again? Hopefully never. Right. And say, okay, we have the sixth pick, I believe. Um, oh, I forgot they were so high. Right. Yeah. Let, you know, let's go get our guy of the future. Maybe it's Trey Lance. They go back to the, you know, the North Dakota state. Well, um, or maybe they don't like the North Dakota state. Well, anymore, they think it's been poisoned. And so they go, you know, uh, Justin Fields or whatever. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Well, one thing kind of looming over this, it, on Todd McShay's mock draft, he put out a scenario where quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. Oh, wow. You have trades involved. And then Mac Jones goes off the board, I believe at 12. Wow. The disrespect. Yeah. But that might be the price of admission, even though I don't think these quarter, other than Trevor Lawrence, I don't think these quarterbacks are worth going two, three, four in the draft, but that's just the climate in which we exist right now. If you want that guy, you've got to, pay the price and uh, pay the price in draft capital trade up. But like you guys said, it's a lot easier to do it when you're picking sixth or if you're the Broncos picking ninth, then you're hoping to be picking in the back half of the first round after that. All right. Great conversation, boys. That's going to wrap it up for us on the live side of things. If you watch on YouTube, we'd love if you hit us with a like, a subscribe. You can even sign up for alerts there. Uh, all just like that. But we're going to move on to the podcast side of things. You can listen anywhere you get podcasts. More, plenty of more Broncos uh, talk there. So we will talk to you later. All right, before we move on, shout out to Brecker Ridge Brewery and the Vanillantines Day dinner, as they're calling it. You can have a vanilla porter-themed Valentine's Day dinner. Our friend over there, Maggie, actually posted a video of, of how easy it is to make and how delicious it, is, delicious it is on their social, so you could check that out. But it's perfect. You can get your Breck Brew involved in Valentine's Day with the half-baked ba- half harvest vanilla porter cream sauce paired with buttery mushrooms and chicken over a fettuccine. And let's not forget the vanilla porter molten chocolate, chocolate cake for dessert. Sounds amazing to me, boys. I might have to do it for this incredible Valentine's Day dinner. Uh, but, hey, maybe you already have dinner plans and you just want to have some breakfast after dinner. That's always works as well. I think Strawberry Sky, you know, is a great Valentine's Day, uh, great Valentine's Day beer. You know, a nice Valentine's Day themed can there with the red. Man, all of that sounds like an absolute no-brainer for Valentine's Day this week. And another no-brainer, especially because the weather's going to be so bad, is to check out DraftKings Sportsbook for that Valentine's Day over promotion they've got going that Ryan told us about. All you have to do is get in on the over, which is now down to zero. So make sure to check it out. And then also make sure to stay tuned for when DraftKings Sportsbook does this in the future because it was so popular. They want to bring it back. And every 
3,000 people who opt into this, the point goes, the, the over gets one point lower every single time. So, I mean, you help yourself and you help the community by doing this. And also, if you want to get in on UFC 258 this weekend, they have another boost for the UFC fight going on. Pick either main event fighter to win this week, and DraftKings will give you 100 to 1 odds. That's all you have to do. Bet $1 on either, either fighter to win, and if your fighter wins, you'll cash $100 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen fighter this weekend. Place your bet and watch the fists fly. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 on a main event Saturday night. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's jump into the questions from the listeners. First one's here from asking for a friend. Is there any most proven method to getting a franchise quarterback or is it always a crapshoot between drafting potential or signing free agents slash the blue moon trade? Well, I mean, the most proven method is definitely drafting them yeah, uh, and drafting them high in the first round. Um, that has been the most successful method over time, but that, there's a reason why that's more successful than getting free agents or making trades. It's because once you get one in the draft, you should never allow them to be a free agent and you should never trade them. But of course we're seeing some teams kind of screw that up right now. Yeah. I mean, we may be seeing a totally different climate in the NFL coming up in the next few years. If Deshaun Watson does get traded, like we all believe if let's say, let's say uh, Aaron Rodgers gets traded in the next couple of years or a Russell Wilson, then it's going to open up the box of wow. Elite quarterbacks don't stay with their team. Hardly ever. Maybe we're talking in 10 years, Patrick Mahomes being traded away from the division or something crazy like that. But Ryan is absolutely right. The higher in the draft, you draft a guy, the more, more uh, likely he's going to pan out, but it's not a guarantee. Obviously number one, overall picks can fail, but you're just more likely to hit. doesn't matter how good you are, how successful you are. Sometimes you just get tired of a coach, tired of a scenario, tired of an environment. Even, even Tom Brady got tired of the Patriots after a while it happens. And, and you talk about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, that seems unthinkable right now, but 10 years from now, Andy Reid's probably retired by that point. I don't think he coaches well into his seventies. Um, it looks, it looks a lot different, but uh, there's still a lot of football to be played between now and then. No doubt. No doubt. But definitely the, the more you're willing to spend, whether it's money, trade capital or draft capital, the likelier you are to hit on a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. Hey guys, no question. Just wanted to shout out Therese real quick. I'm sick right now hearing about his passing. Such a good dude. Shake my head. Uh, Just awful. I mean, I don't know what's going on in our industry right now, but it's just terrible. We were just talking about this with Chris Wessling the other day. Uh, on the podcast and it's just uh it's heartbreaking i i shared a just a quick little anecdote on twitter yesterday of my first ever nfl combine i went to uh i ended up sitting down with therese uh and a couple coaches in the league uh and you know we were talking to the coaches or whatever and then he and i started talking we ended up talking for about an hour uh, just, you know, he was kind of giving me the ins and outs of, of what it's like to cover the NFL. Cause I was new to the beat. Uh, and you know, it meant a lot to me at the time and just scrolling Twitter. I mean, so many people have shared a similar experience with him. Um, you know, 
I, I saw someone talk about how he can, uh, they, they congratulated him on breaking the Alex Smith trade, uh, you know, which was huge NFL news at the time and stuff that just normally doesn't get broken by the local news guy, uh, newspaper guy. And, you know, he was super humble about it and that's just the kind of guy he was, but definitely a grinder and, uh, and, and it's really sad to see him go. Well, that Alex Smith trade that happened the night of the media party before uh, the Super Bowl in Minneapolis back in 2018, Super Bowl 52. So literally as the media party is at the Nickelodeon theme park at the Mall of inside the Mall of America. And so literally as everybody's on rides and having drinks and uh, he's out there breaking maybe the biggest story uh, of that offseason with Alex Smith going uh going uh, on to Washington and leaving Kansas city. And because of that, got a lot of congratulations right there from his uh, media brethren. Uh, the other thing is we, we had him on the orange and blue station a few times. He was always cool, but uh, you know, I, I lobbied him pretty hard on, uh, on Steve Atwater over the years. Cause he's, he, of course, he's one of the younger selectors in the hall of fame room, but he's been Kansas city's hall of fame voter for a few years, but I lobbied him hard, but he was very, uh, very receptive and became a supporter of Steve's uh, of Steve's candidacy for the Hall of Fame. So it's it's a shame, man. Thirty seven years old. I just damn terrible. Yeah, terrible, way yeah. way too young. What a good guy. Just seeing everyone's support for him is pretty incredible and so sad. Our thoughts and prayers are definitely with his family. Next one here comes in from two one nine Broncos. Says, hey guys, I just ordered my Antoine Winfield giving Tyreek Hill the peace sign T-shirt off Redbubble. How are you going to drop that in here with no link? I'm disappointed in you, two one nine Bronco. Best money I've ever spent. Now on to my real question for today: Do you guys think the hiring of Christian Parker could lead to a potential Josh Jackson trade? Broncos seem to like them some Hawkeyes or Kevin King free agent signing. I know King didn't have the best showing his last time on a football field, but they both could be potential high upside picks for Denver if they wanted to go that way. It'll definitely give them more insight onto those guys. But Christian Parker was a, a defensive quality control coach out there with the Packers. So not very high up, but around these guys for sure. So they'll definitely ask for Intel. Now he's the defensive backs coach of the Broncos. Uh, I don't think it makes it that much more likely that one of these guys ends up being uh, a, a Bronco though. No. Yeah. I mean, they have to, they have to like him, and uh, and and Christian Parker has to kind of like how that how those defenders would fit in Vic Fangio's scheme. I mean, that the thing we kind of say, oh, oh, well, this coach had player X, so they must want to bring him in. Sometimes coach has player X and has said, yeah, if I'm in a, if I'm in another job, I don't want that player because I've seen kind of I've seen the downside and maybe he doesn't fit. So it's intriguing. And if the Broncos do bring them in, it means that Christian Parker does like them. But I, I wouldn't uh, rate it as a likelihood or anything like that. But uh, something worth kicking the tire the tires on, especially since both are scheme fits. And you know maybe Kevin King. I could see maybe Kevin King um, if he signs off on him. One thing I'll say is I just hope George Payton actually we'll have that conversation because without getting into names and specifics, there was another guy who the Broncos brought in who they had just brought in a coach from a certain team. And then they brought in a free agent from said team. And the narrative out there was that said coach pounded the table for said player. <laughs> I later heard from a source that I trust that said coach was never even approached 
about said player. I believe I know exactly who you're talking about, and I heard the exact same thing, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, that. That well, was a bad, bad story that I heard. Like I was very it, disappointed it, to learn that. It was a bad, bad story because they had made their mind up on said player before said coach was back in the building and uh, didn't really want to change their mind. I, I don't know that it was stubborn. <laughs> It, it was, was no i do think <laughs> from how george payton has talked at least he said the right things about that he said you know when we scout we're going to be very much in communication with the coaches so i would imagine that for free agents as well i mean imagine think of it this way though you like really like a girl and <laughs> then one of your buddies is like oh my ex my old roommate used to date her and said she's crazy <laughs> And you're, but you really like her and you're just like, eh, I'll take my chances, you know, like, right. I feel like most people like the Broncos, they were, they already liked her. So they thought they'd take her, they'd, they'd take their chances. Yeah. But they didn't even want the advice from their buddy. He's like, I, I, right. my, my roommate la, used to la, date la, her. La, He's la. like, nope, nope. Don't <laughs> <Yeah>. want to know. <laughs> no, we know better. We, know, you know, uh, don't, don't confuse me with the facts. I've made up my mind. <laughs> Love is blinding. Crazy. Plausible deniability, you know. If, if you never heard, then you can't, uh, can't be, can't be deemed guilty for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from Casper, fellas, with another COVID offseason likely ahead, I really feel like the Broncos are going to stay away from this rookie QB class. The chance of the guy having his growth stunted by not being able to properly learn is too great. Peyton is going to sit back for a year, evaluate the team, and then decide from a, a year from now what to do at the quarterback position. A new and exciting quarterback would be nice, but if we wait a year. Uh, either the off season is, season is back to normal or teams will have two COVID off seasons to put together a good plan that will work for the rookies. What say you? Yeah, that that's the the biggest hesitation. Why, why I hesitate when the Bronco, when thinking the Broncos could take a rookie quarterback this year is, is that is how much uh, Vic Fangio said it impacted them last year, how much the players said it impacted them, the, the COVID off season, especially for a young team and also Pat Shermer as well. So that's my biggest hesitation there. Yeah, it's their experience, but also uh, you you wonder if, for example, Vic Fangio doesn't talk to his old protege, Brandon Staley, and Staley gets the, the juice on why Justin Herbert did so well while having the disadvantage that everyone had of, of the COVID offseason. And uh, I mean, there, there, there are a lot of things in play for that. The other thing is that you're not going to be able to get maybe the same read on a quarterback prospect that you would ordinarily because your chance to interact with him in person is going to be limited. Basically it's catch the guy on pro day or catch him over zoom. So uh, that's, that's going to, that that's going to be something that I think all, all things, all teams uh, think about in, in terms of the quarterback position and what they can learn about the guy without being around him at the combine, without being able to bring him into their facility uh, for a day and get him at the whiteboard in the same way they would in, in a normal year. So it's, it's not the sexy alternative, but, uh, and we did talk about Trey Lance yesterday and that would be intriguing, but if I had to bet on an outcome, it would be betting on, trading down, accumulating capital, seeing where Drew Locke and Hedge go this year, and then being in position to, if necessary, move up and get the quarterback in 22. Speaking of Trey Lance, could he end up being the biggest unknown first-round quarterback ever? Just just the one that people don't know anything about in history? Just because, you know, he 
what he played one game last year that wasn't didn't even count uh and then only one full season before that and he's from uh north dakota state maybe the, the one season thing is interesting but at least at fcs north dakota state he played a program that is on everybody's radar because North Dakota state has produced Carson Wentz. They are the best quarter. They are the best program in FCS right now. The guy that popped in my mind when you said that Zach was in that great 1983 class, you've got, of course, John Elway and you've got Dan Marino and Jim and, and Jim Kelly. And then, you know, Todd Blackledge was a well-known quarterback out of Penn state. When the chiefs took him, Tony Easton, Illinois, big 10 people knew him. Ken O'Brien played at what was then a Division II program, UC Davis, in, 1980, in 1982. And then the Jets picked him in the first round with a 24th overall pick with Dan Marino still on the board. <laughs> and it was like, Kenny who? <laughs> and yes. that's, you know, Jets fans look back at taking Ken O'Brien with Dan Marino on the board in much the same way that we sort of talk about taking Brock Osweiler when Russell Wilson was the next quarterback taken in the 2012 draft. Mace, who was the guy that the Broncos drafted? They thought he was like 6'4 or something, and he came and he was like 5'9. Ted Gregory in 1988. Did not do their homework. He went to Syracuse. He didn't go to a small program. I mean, Syracuse had gone like unbeaten the year before and had played in the sugar bowl and yet they bring him in and dan reeves is uh, first reaction is uh i didn't expect that i'd be taller than you <laughs> oh, what, what was that what was he actually listed at and and what did they do you remember i believe list? he was listed at six uh six two six three and he was five eleven. Oh my gosh wow <laughs> that's that's the most unknown draft pick ever oh yikes yeah that sounds but like, he wasn't uh, a quarterback he, he was yeah. a d lineman though as far as far as a quarterback goes i think uh, uh ken o'brien still takes the tr- still, still gets the trophy but trey lance has entered the chat 5'11 defensive lineman. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Next uh, one from Down Under Bronco. Good day, boys. Love all the recent content. It is always a drag when the football season ends, but I secretly like all the offseason drama. It seems to me this might be one of the most bizarre drafts given the lack of college football and recent tape on many players. Do you think this may lead to more bust than usual? I'm nervous about drafting a quarterback this year and predict Green Bay will trade down and get more, or, or not George Green Bay, Payton. George Payton will trade down and get more picks. I, I want the Broncos to find a decent linebacker. We have not been able to con- to cover tight ends or running backs in the passing game for years now. I remember it seemed to start when the Falcons took us to pieces a few years ago, throwing to their running backs. Is there anyone good who doesn't fit who doesn't fight with teammates in the draft. And I think he's of course referring to Michael Parsons. Micah right there. Parsons. Yeah. yeah. Micah Parsons. I mean, talented, amazing talent, but everything else, RK and, and Zach just yikes. Well, yeah. And it wasn't necessarily fighting with teammates unless there's another story out there, but I saw just some disgusting hazing allegations. No, that, well, it, what, there was an incident with a teammate and it got, it got so heated that the teammate actually pulled a pocket knife during the fight. He, it start it started with him pouring water on his teammates phone and laptop in the academic does center. That? That is... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I said yesterday. Who, what, what 
What? What? You, well, who does that to another person? I'm not going to say That's... he deserved to get stabbed with a pocket knife. But he definitely deserved to get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, it 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 got understandably heated after that. But I mean, that's just. I mean. That's that's some sociopathic behavior to start that off with. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah they, uh, they, there are probably I would imagine that probably a third to half the teams in the league simply will not have Micah Parsons on their board. Yeah, I don't know who all is going to sign up for the Micah Parsons project. Um, <laughs> as for nice. thank you, thank you. Uh, I I like Bolton, Nick Bolton, uh, out of Missouri. That that's kind of my dark horse if you can call him that uh, linebacker pick in, in, in this draft. Then he's a trade back candidate. Yeah. Yes. Is he a first round pick? I think he could he, be. He could slip in, slip into the bottom five picks or so. I mean, I, I think he's somebody you talk about. If you trade down, I think uh, uh, JC Horn out of South Carolina, cor- the cornerback is somebody that you could, that uh, could be, be very high on the radar if the Broncos do move down into the 20s. I mean, personally, I'd love to – if they move down the 20s, I'd love to see uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora as a coverage linebacker still on the board there. Yeah. Yeah. The problem that... is we already have a, a joke in Denver, a, a JOK. <laughs> yes, we do. How about two of them? But, yeah, think of the marketing possibilities between the two. But, like, the most fitting nickname is the Joker. Right. And – you just can't have two of those in the same city. <laughs> he goes on and says, uh, also, as you guys seem to watch a bit of rugby, what position in rugby do you think match positions in football? I played prop at 6'3", 250, and I expect to be suited to interior offensive line or defensive line adding 50 pounds. Second row are the tight ends. Back row are like linebackers. Backs are all wide receivers or DBs. Quarterback, maybe half fly thoughts yeah i definitely think the quarterback is half fly or fly half uh, no, fly, no. every i've every rugby game i've ever watched i was just like oh my god it's just a whole team of fullbacks <laughs> it's right. literally 22 yeah. janos come to life so every player plays fullback brock olivo needs to coach that yes for real mm-hmm. moving on here from orange crushing it after watching hashtag bronco land react to quarterback struggles uh, for last several seasons, I doubt the fan base has the ability to allow anyone to grow or be less than top 10. Imagine they draft Trey Lance. He throws nine TDs and five or six interceptions through eight games. The team is four and four. Broncos fans are calling for a change at that point, right? No. Even if Shermer is still calling the game plans, uh, setting up the QB for struggle, run, run, pass, and punt, the Shermer special, I feel like the fans are still calling for a change at quarterback. Uh, Zach, you said no, but... I guarantee you there will be people calling him a bust. There'll be local radio calling him a bust. Uh, a certain hack will be saying it's all uh, Vic Fangio's fault. You know, it's uh, it, it would be a mess. It basically, if they don't come on the scene and look like Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert, it's they're instantly being called a bust. Well, those people are absolutely insane because this quarterback would be on pace for an eight and eight record, which I, I think you would take in a heartbeat with a rookie quarterback with this team. And they'd be on pace for 18 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, almost two to one as a rookie. You got to be out of your mind. It would just all be, but Patrick Mahomes, this, but Justin Herbert, that. Ugh, yeah, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. We just watched Patrick Mahomes lose yeah. this. Are, are these, by the way, are these the same people that are calling Tua Tungo Vailoa a bust already? 
just because he got pulled from a couple of games. Oh my God. I guarantee if the exact same yeah. thing happened in Denver, he would be, con- he would already be considered a bust. People would be oh, man. talking about trading him as fast as you can, et cetera, et cetera. He goes on with, we just watched Patrick Mahomes lose the Super Bowl in spectacular fashion because his O-line was crumbling. His receivers dropped passes that hit them in the hands and the coaches were calling in the worst plays, uh, all game for the situations and defensive looks they face. I can't help but feel like if Mahomes was in a Denver uniform, the fan base would be calling for Chad Henney by halftime saying Mahomes couldn't handle the pressure. Oh, no, I think there's a there's a Rubicon that wouldn't be crossed there. And, and part of it, with Patrick Mahomes, he's built up institutional credibility. I think there's a difference between a first-year quarterback who doesn't have any skins on the wall, as John Fox would say, or someone like Patrick Mahomes who's been MVP. I I, there, there are irrational fan bases, but there is not a fan base in the NFL who would have called for Chad Henney to come in for Patrick Mahomes at halftime. Nobody is, nobody's that nuts. He no, did have that does, clutch fourth down completion in the playoffs, though. It it also gives you just a little look into um, what pe- what people have been saying about Drew Locke, though, right? Like. Uh, you can't blame the quarterback for bad play calling. You can't blame the quarterback for bad protection. You can't blame the quarterback for the receivers dropping passes. And all the, you know, Drew Locke haters, for lack of a better term, have been saying, yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can. And then those people turned around in the Super Bowl and are saying, well, you can't blame Patrick Mahomes for this. I get that. I get that. I actually, Ryan, I think I view this in a different light as you. I'm actually surprised how many Drew Locke supporters there still are. And and I think a lot of them in our commu- are in our community. And I commend them because they understand that some some quarterbacks need time. And that that is very true. You just have to be able to believe that time is what they need and that it, it is something that Drew Locke can turn around. And I'm I'm surprised that anyone is still wanting to to go with drew lock this second year in terms of fans um because of just it's not like he was a top half quarterback last year it's not like he had the 18 touchdowns to 10 interceptions he was at the bottom of the league so i'm actually impressed with how many broncos fans maybe it's just in our community really but how many are still sticking with drew understanding that some quarterbacks do need time yeah i think it's a i think it's beyond the community as well but it's also uh it's it's also a function of the year being different and sometimes i feel like we're just with drew lock you hear every excuse because of covid and i i get that there are all these you know the, it was a different year no doubt but um intellectually the problem i have with that at times is saying okay uh, what was joe burrow had that justin herbert had that it didn't affect them yeah I mean, so it, the thing I'll say feels like a lot of he's mating, making at times Joe Burrow, you know, a lo- I didn't see enough of his games. I only saw one of his games. He was very good in that game. Um, but there's a lot of people pointing to advanced stats that aren't as glowing about his performance than maybe people feel. And, and then Justin Herbert, you know, he walked into a very, uh, a very stable situation where he was the only real change there. Right. Which is very different than what drew lock and some other quarterbacks dealt with. Yeah, that, that's true. Unfortunately, it's going to be an unstable off season. Again, the good thing for drew is it will pretty much be the exact same offensive pieces around him. If he is the quarterback this year. 
which should help a ton, especially, obviously we know the second, this will be his second year with the same offensive coordinator. The last time he had that in college, he went out and threw 44 touchdowns. Yeah. Next one coming in from Bumpy Buffalo. All right. I will specify a little more on my dual chamber bowl about the cereal. It will work with all cereal. There is an electric motor mounted that spins a single propeller in the cereal chamber, slowly pushing cereal out a hole wide enough for grape nuts, which will be, which will gratify what, which gravity fed into the tray. The milk chamber will be slated and slotted with a door that goes side to side with a small piston into a gravity fed ramp. Think water slides spinning on the outside of the bowl as the tray as well. All is motion activated paper towel sensor that will spin the prop and push out cereal one quarter rotation after which the relay will trigger the milk door for a splat small splash of milk after cereal is dispensed. The door seals this should give about four to five bites of cereal with the perfect crunch ratio. And theoretically, it will save milk by dispensing exactly enough to be proportionate with the cereal instead of having more to drink at the end. And yes, Mace, fruity pebbles will be no problem. CAD initial draft is nearly done. And when I machine these, starting with metal, as I don't have plastic molding tools, I will send to DNVR for the official test. I will have some time off just, F- or it will be some time, just FYI. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. This thing this thing's happening, guys. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. That is that's going to be the most sophisticated bowl ever. He goes on. And that's the, the only thing I look at. I'm like, you know, sometimes I just want to pour some cereal and some milk in a bowl and just quickly eat. You know, that, that the only thing that I look at I'm like that is awfully complicated for 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 cereal. Maybe it's just complicated to make, but it'll be easy to uh, to yeah, eat. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> he goes on and says, Broncos related. Can Dak refuse to play on the tag? I doubt he would as the second tag is a ridiculous amount, but could he want if he if he wanted to move on? Or is he locked with the tag and it's either play or sit? Cheers. Yep, you're right, I mean, Bumpy Buffalo. It yeah. is it is play or sit what once that tag is placed on you. Yeah. If he wants to if he wants to sit out, that's fine, but then he's not gonna get paid. And it's something ends up lingering into the season. And we've seen that uh, with some second franchise tag guys before around the league. It's no different for Dak Prescott quarterback. And, and frankly, I, I don't think it would behoove him to not play because you, know, you want that money, especially coming off the injury. Absolutely. Next, next one's from LDJ. So let me frame this question like this. The GameStop Reddit fiasco is brilliant because it manipulated a stock that people bet against to fail. People supported it to succeed, even though the powers that be tried to destroy the smart ones that stood steady or cashed out made a lot of money. Now, GameStop is still a bad company, but the people, the people that made that happen are the geniuses. I say that to say I'm all in on what Albright has been preaching all season. Guys, as the days go by, it's making most sense for us to give Drew another shot. Why gut the roster and give, and give picks for Deshaun Watson for a team that won't even allow him to be traded? I don't understand that. Uh, when it seems either between Drew play and options next year that we can find a QB, I don't know. I think I'm with Albright. Yeah, and that that would be the reason why people would want to run with Drew is not is to give him another shot and also to be able to build the best team around him. Uh, a lot of people think that that he had a lot of good pieces on offense last year. Well, give Vic Fangio the de- the pieces on defense. Uh, and and to me, I I understand that point. Um, it's it's just not really 
helping the most important position in sports, unless you just want to go all in on Drew this year. Yeah, I mean, why gut the roster and picks for Deshaun Watson uh, to have a good quarterback? That's why. <laughs> right. It, it, immediately for the next 10 to 15 years. Also, you're not gutting the roster. You're giving away like one or two players. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you're you're gutting the future roster because you're taking away uh, draft picks. That's that sort of the thing that all of a sudden you have a quarterback who is on a massive contract. You don't have four top picks in the next couple of years to supplement uh, that quarterback with lower cost guys. And uh, at some point you have a, a vacuum in town. I mean, I get, I get the objection to it, but at the same time, I think it passes in a couple of years. Yes, Zach, I see you. <laughs> he wasn't talking to you. <laughs> he was talking to me to talk to the people about green mountain dental group. Of course, the best damn family owned dentist group in the metro area and truly uh, members of the DNVR family. I met these guys a few weeks back at the DNVR bar and it was awesome to just see how well they, they, they really, you know, you would have never known. They all showed up in as jerseys for an as game and fit right in. Those are uh, the type of people that we like to associate with and they're the type of people you should like to associate with. So head on down to green mountain dental group. If you have any work to be done, and if you get a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush, which is one hell of a deal. Uh, so there you go. Check them out. Green Mountain Dental. And go let ahead. me tell you about the Colorado rugby coverage that we have over at ddnvr.com. As you guys may know, Infinity Park right here in Glendale, Colorado is known as Rugby Town USA. And they're doing an awesome thing over at the training center. It's They're experimenting with a new concept, training crossover athletes to be rugby players. Guys like Glenn Robinson, who played in the AAF and XFL, uh, they are going there to get to turn into rugby players. And it is, it's really cool. They have so many guys right there. And our guy Colton Strickler is giving you all the big names that are going over to infinity park in order to turn to change and to become the next big rugby player in the United States. Our guy Colton Strickler has it broken down for you at the DNVR.com. Also anywhere you find podcasts at DNVR rugby or on Twitter, of course, DNVR rugby, make sure to give our guy Colton Strickler a follow as well. All right, moving on here, boys. Next one's from maybe the Dingo Ate Your Baby. So, so I saw a mock with Lawrence Fields and Lance going one, two, three with the Panthers moving all the way up to three, but five quarterbacks going in the first 15 picks. There's also trade chaos. Darnold, Ryan, Wentz, and Stafford, and Goff already jettisoned. What is happening? In my opinion, uh, is this with, when the dust settles, is Drew Locke is still our QB? My, it, my opinion is that when the dust settles, Drew Locke is still our quarterback. I yeah. would say Drew Locke goes in as the quarter as the quarterback, but there's competition, and we don't know if he is the quarterback until the end of until the end of training camp slash preseason, whatever that looks like. It, it would be interesting. We see a, we see all of this movement. What if this is a case of the Broncos zigging when everyone else with a, a lesser QB is zagging? Yeah. That, that could definitely be the case, and, and I, could, I could see that happen. It's just so interesting how so many teams are in on quarterbacks and so many big-name quarterbacks are already going off the board. So true. 
Next one from the Danimal. Mace, watch day three. Since the dis- disappearance of Mace following the Bucks Super Bowl with Zach and Ryan, have tried to cover it up by replacing Mace as a Mace-sounding robot program for reasonably middle-of-the-road draft predictions, realistic expectations of Locke's future, 90s references, and the occasional dad joke. It worked the first two days until I called out the scandal on yesterday's pod. I'll form the search party. I'm asking for volunteers to help us find our beloved Mace. We don't cover travel expenses and the ability to bail yourself out of jail is a plus. I have no clue where to start the search, so feel free to leave suggestions to where we could find him. And as always, wrong answers only. Where do dads even go to hide? Home Depot? Hang in there, Mace. Help will be there soon-ish, Danimal. This this dad is completely lousy around the house, so he wouldn't go to, wouldn't go to Home Depot if he were hiding. Um, I don't know if Mace would throw himself under the bus like that. Yeah. Next one from Sebastian Airbay. My boys, I hope y'all are doing great. I completely agree with what you guys said on the pod that I would be perfectly happy if the Broncos trade up for Trey Lance because it shows they are going all in on someone. Not that I am a huge fan of Lance, but I just want to have confidence that our front office loves the quarterback we have. Now, let's hop into today's question. I totally agree with you, Sebastian. I'm not sure if you guys have seen the hype video that the Cowboys made, but it is incredibly suspicious. They made this hype video hyping people about their team for the 2021 season and completely left Dak out of it. As we all know, it hasn't looked like they truly are committed to Dak. And this is just another sign that they are not. So he is a free agent this season and wouldn't have to give up anything to get him besides obviously paying him. And that for me is the thing I love most about this besides actually getting Dak. It does seem real many possibilities or it does seem real that he could be leaving Dallas this offseason, but I could also see them putting a franchise tag on him. So many possibilities. But I, one, would absolutely love if we got Dak. I personally think he can be get a team to the Super Bowl in the right situation. I still want Sean Watson more than anything in the world, but it does seem like the Texans are going to be very stubborn. I don't know. I'm loving the idea of Dak in Denver. Let me know what you guys think. Well, Thanks for everything. Much love, Sebastian. We lost, we lost you, there you for again second. there for a second, Zach, but... Um, we get the point of the question, which is essentially that you can get Dak for nothing but money. Uh, and that is an enticing, um, part of all this. Now, do you, uh, Mace, especially as someone who's worked in this part of a team, mm-hmm. would there be a directive, uh, from someone not in the digital media part of the company saying, Hey, keep Dak out of promotional videos? It could happen, but uh, I would say, generally speaking, when these things happen, it's an oversight on the part of the social media people. Like, remember, it happened with the Broncos in recent years. Didn't they leave Chris Harris Jr. out of some graphic? And and, and then it's just it's it's kind of just not thinking everything through. And then all of a sudden they had to they, they had to walk it back. I think it's it's more likely that this is just an oversight by somebody in in social media. Although it is it is interesting, but maybe they just you know were looking at film from the second half of the season when the Cowboys did a little bit better and uh, just made kind of a you know you get into the weeds sometimes and you make a make an innocent mistake. I mean it's sort of the you know, the simplest, the simplest explanation is probably the correct one here. How do you have an oversight with your quarterback? The best player on the team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, it seems like it, sitting here, it seems obvious that you'd make sure that uh, that Dak Prescott was in there. But I've, you know, I've I've been around enough to know that there are little oversights like these that happen all the time. I mean, you know, you can go through any number of uh, graphics put out by teams and say, okay, well, we're, you know, uh, why wasn't player X here? Why, what, you know, what what was the deal going on? And some, and usually it's just a, an innocent oversight. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. The Broncos, I will say though, then later remade the graphic with Chris Harrison. And so are we <laughs> yeah. seeing a remade video with Dak in it now? Haven't seen, haven't seen that yet. No, but I, I, I actually was not aware of this video until it happened. Now, one thing though, I will say is the level, uh, the, the, the production level. And, and this is one thing that kind of goes against what I'm saying. The production level and the oversight of a video is a bit more than is required for just a still graphic. And I know that like with videos, for example, in the Broncos, usually they pass before Patrick Smite's eyes before they go out there. So you'd think that a video like this would pass before the eyes of the PR honchos with the Cowboys. So there may be a, it may be a little bit different than what we're talking about here with just a still graphic that's done on Photoshop. Calling it Dak to the Broncos, Mac to the Cowboys. Oh, <laughs> would be huge. That would be huge. Count Locula. Teams that flat out roll in the regular season, like the 2012 Broncos, 07 Patriots, 2020 Chefs, often have a tough time in the big game. They've not had to adapt their game plans much, if at all, during the first 16 and 18 contests. And when facing the most formidable of opponents, they have little to no practice in facing themselves under the storm of ultimate adversity. The 2015 Broncos are the perfect example of the opposite. Grinders. I take a blue-collar elbow grease squad any day over one that just steamrolls through the league and doesn't know the nuance of constant struggle and the physical and emotional agony of close games, both won and lost. Peace out, Tyreek. Love the count. You know, every Broncos world champion team had a multi-game losing streak in December of that season. There is something, I think, to be said for in the second half of the year, hitting a bump. The Bucks, their bump was in November, but of course they got hammered by the Saints 38-3. They lose to the Rams. They lose to the Chiefs. They did have that moment where they were questioning themselves and they grew from that. Well, give me the 1998 Broncos. Roll through everyone and the postseason. <laughs> but they but they did hit a bump there at the end. They go to the the, the unbeaten season is on the line. They lose to the Giants, and then they get hammered the next week down in, in Miami. And the interesting thing with that Week 17 game against Seattle, even though the Broncos you know, were in perfect shape when it came to the, to the playoffs and where they stood for the number one seed, they actually wanted to get their footing back under them. So they went all out in that game, not only for that reason, but also to get TD his 2,000 yards. Right, right, exactly. Next one coming in from the other end. My boys, circling back to some discussion from last week, is any team going to surrender a first-round pick for Sam Darnold as surmised by Adam Schefter? Darnold has been no better than Drew Locke with a larger sample size. Locke finished 29th in QBR, and Darnold finished 33rd in that metric. In 2020, Locke had a quarterback rating of 75, and Darnold came in at 72. If Broncos trade for Darnold and surrender more than a fourth-round selection, that is a very poor move in my opinion. I see no purpose 
purpose in training for Darnold. At this point, is he damaged product slash quarterback in need of rehab? And Denver is not the right place to provide him with such. We already need a project quarterback or already have a project quarterback in lock, but Darnold is a former first round pick, as he writes. Why do teams overvalue other teams' first round picks so much, especially at the quarterback position? Have a Wednesday full of wonder. DNV Army, salute. I mean, well, it's as simple. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's as simple as what happens when a player is relatively young. If he's available, they go back and they go to their original scouting reports. And if they really liked him, then it's then it's getting the college scouts with the pro scouts and saying, okay, what's gone wrong here? Why did he not hit what we thought he was? And if the conclusion is, oh, it's bad coaching, it's the it's these things in the environment, this, that, and the other. Not, not good teammates, then all of a sudden you say, well, okay, he's young enough where we believe we can fix him. And that, it happens with other, with other positions as well. First round picks, second round picks. I mean, the Broncos back with Mike Shanahan had a habit of claiming high draft picks from other teams cast aside off waivers because they had a good evaluation on him going in. They thought, okay, we get him in here. We can fix him. Yeah, it just comes – those guys are first-round picks for a reason. In Sam Donald's case, a high first-round pick for a reason because they have really great traits. And in the end, that's what you're – you know, what most teams are drafting off of is players' traits and how they project. And so why do people value other teams' first-round picks so highly? Because those guys are first-round picks for a reason. It's because of what they possess, not, you know, not based, usually not based off of their college production or anything like that. And like you said, Mace, teams look at those guys and say, oh, well, if he was here, we could do X, Y, and Z with him. And remember, only two teams passed up on Sam Darnold in the draft just a couple of years ago. So there could have been 20, you know, what, 29 other teams saying, ah, we would have taken him too. Although that's obviously not the case, but there's a lot of teams that could have said, man, we loved him. Now we like him, but we still like him at the quarterback position. He's worth bringing in with, with the second round pick um, regardless of who it is. In this case, drew lock, every team passed on him at least once. It also should be noted from a Broncos perspective that Sam Darnold has played really well in his two games against them. Now this, this most recent one wasn't great, um, but he started off really well. Then he got hurt um, and he had that long touchdown run, but the game before that, when they played him, he tore him up. He did. Yeah. The, the the entire Jets tore tore the Broncos apart. Yeah, that the the ground game set up, but he was dropping. He he had some uh, nice deep passes. He was hitting guys on the outside. And uh, the other thing with Sam Darnold, of course, is we have a very good idea that if he had dropped to number five, that John Elway would have taken him. Then, of course, Elway is now not involved in the day to day, but he's still the president of football operations and. Uh, so the fact that Elway kicked himself up and isn't involved in the day-to-day, I think is why you haven't heard as much about the Broncos, but that's an example of a team that really liked him. And a lot of teams really did like Sam Darnold. Yeah. yeah. And, and his athleticism was really on display in this game this year. Um, mm-hmm. He obviously had the 46 yard touchdown, but in the rest of that game, he also had a uh, 38 more rushing yards on five more carries. So, you know, he was, he was moving around in that game. Um, and again, has made things decently difficult on the Broncos when they've played him. Yeah. Yeah. That game, that game, you can see why there are a fair amount of teams that believe that the right environment can fix him because 
he looked he looked that night like somebody who had all the tools yep. and he was the only thing keeping the jets afloat in that game yep all right next one Is from mike one? yeah you got it yeah no i just wanted i said we got one more here is it where there another, did another one come in oh yeah there's a there's a two more i believe uh, uh all right, mike, go ahead. mike 1809 fellas 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 what's up just a few comments today that i had to share first mace congrats my man i haven't had a chance to comment yet uh this week but was so pumped to see the chiefs lose to your bucks let's go <laughs> second my wife thinks that my addiction to dnvr pods is hilarious she came home last <laughs> night from a workout and i was listening to the pod she started laughing and said i knew you'd be listening to dnvr <laughs> She then asked me to say hey to the DNVR family for her. So from Brittany, hello, DNVR fam, and hello, Brittany. Hello, Brittany and Mike. Hello, (laughs) hello. That's awesome. Finally, I had a wild dream last night that it's the AFC Championship game next year. The Broncos are battling the Chiefs tough, and it appears we've solved our quarterback dilemma. So who's behind center? It's not Drew. It's not a hedge QB. It's not a first-round selection. And no, sadly, it's not Deshaun Watson. In my super weird dream – None other than Philip Lindsay was taking snaps, dropping dimes and ropes. I'm with Zach here. They cannot be the same. Or they can be the same thing. And generally tearing apart the Chiefs D. Unfortunately, I woke up before the game ended, but I got to believe my subconscious had the Broncos going all the way with Phil at the helm. I hope you enjoy that image as much as I did waking up this morning. Have a terrific rest of the week. Oh man, that is fantastic. Uh, we did get to see that this year. Unfortunately, Phil wasn't uh, tearing up the Saints defense, but wouldn't that be something if he did tear it up and then they were just like, you know what? We're rolling with Phil Lindsay to the rest of this year. I mean, it kind of worked when they did it and then they went away from it. Um, I, I still can't believe I'm frustrated by the play calling in a game where there were zero quarterbacks available, but I am, they, did, they didn't do the best they could have done. I, I would agree with oh. that, but we need to see Phil throw a, throw a pass and we didn't get to see that. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. The wildcat is nice in theory, but you have to have the threat of the pass. And that's why it worked in Miami in 08 when it caught everybody off guard because Ronnie Brown could actually throw a pass. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're right there. And last one coming in from Ooh Benny Lava Sub Squad. Got a couple of things for you. If we do make a huge trade for Watson, let's say three first, three seconds, Chubb and Simmons, do we have any players left on the team that be willing to part ways with that are desirable enough that they could be used to trade away to recoup some draft capital? Players that instantly came to mind if we were were Sutton, Tim Patrick, Reisner, Alberto. Are there any others? What kind of compensation could we expect for these guys? I mean, you shouldn't trade Sutton if you get Deshaun Watson. Um, so you probably shouldn't trade anyone that has value because you need those guys. Yeah, I mean, like Tim Patrick, you could do without, but his value is very minimal. Um, and like a third? No. Mm, okay. I think then, like yeah. a fifth. Um, and then Reisner, you can't trade him. Um, Albert O is potentially expendable, but, uh, maybe he doesn't have value right now. Mm. I don't, I don't think coming off the ACL, it's tough. I mean, if, if you're a team that's demanding a tight end in a trade, you're probably asking for Noah Fant rather than Albert O just because, uh, Fant's proven something over a couple of years. Well, so there you go. Do you trade Noah Fant for a first round pick? No, you have Deshaun okay. Watson. You keep no, all. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but I mean, I guess if maybe if you were doubling down on your belief in Albert Okwebunam, then you you could convince yourself that's an okay trade to make. But again, I'm doubling down on offense, not cutting away from my offense. I agree, totally agree. And I I see where you're coming from, Ubeni Lava. But you keep a strength a strength here. And it isn't part of the belief in Albert O. The the timing and cohesion he has with Drew Locke. That's part yeah, of it because that's they built sure. that Mizzou. So you bring in a new quarterback anyway, you're kind of starting Albert O at zero. I think, I mean, frankly, I thought that was one reason why he stepped in, like, like how he stepped in and showed some flashes early. And certainly the way Drew was targeting it, car targeting him when he came in showed that Drew was going to the guy that he built that trust with in college. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, but again, I, I like, uh, I think Albert Okwebunam has a really high upside. I do too. Regardless, regardless of the quarterback. Of the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I know a place that has really high upside. It's Green Mountain Dental Group out there in Lakewood. We talked about it before. Um, Allie, of course, actually going to get her wisdom teeth removed from Green Mountain Dental Group uh, this weekend or this week on Friday. So um, we have our trust in Green Mountain Dental Group, and you can put your trust in Green Mountain Dental Group as well. They're part of the DNVR family. They will treat you like family. And they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. But for us, that's going to wrap it up on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow.